Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. See, this is the battle that we have. The battle of faith is, do we believe that God is working today? I mean, sometimes we look around us and I think we're tempted to think that, God, where are you? God, why aren't you working? But it's by faith that we will succeed, by believing what Jesus said. God is still at work. He's working today. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of John. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on John chapter 5, verses 1 through 30 in a message titled, God is Still at Work Today. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Maybe you're in a place and it doesn't seem like God is with you. It doesn't seem like God is near. It doesn't seem like he's even aware of what's happening because he doesn't appear to be doing anything. Why? Well, let me suggest four possible reasons. One could be that sin is hindering God's work. That is a possibility. And we have to consider that that could be a possibility. Many, many times, I think the devil wants us to think that that's always the case, which which it's not. I just received a message from a friend today who said he's struggling with not feeling like God is punishing him. He's he's struggling to not feel like that's happening. I don't think that's what's happening. But in some cases, again, going back to this man where Jesus, as we go on in the story, after he heals him, the man had no idea who it was. Jesus had slipped away into the crowd That's verse 13. Then 14, later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you were well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So here we have a case where the problem was sin. The infirmity was due to sin, and Jesus says that this could return if you continue in this. And there are times when it is actually sin in our lives that will be the thing that is keeping us back from that blessing that God wants to bring upon our lives. So we have to consider that. But then it's also possible that the reason we're not receiving help is because We're looking to the wrong source. Now, this man, he says, I have no one or I have no man to put me in the pool. So not only was he battling with this infirmity, he also had the problem of there wasn't anybody to help him. So he was looking for a person to help him. And, you know, that can also be 
the situation in our lives that keeps us back from the help of God because we're not seeking the help of God. We're seeking the help of people. And somehow we think that this person is going to help me or the resources of this person is going to help me or, or something like that. So that's a possibility. Thirdly, we might be limiting how God might work. And again, here, this man had a a one-dimensional view. I have to get into this pool. That's how I'm going to get healed. And apart from that, he couldn't imagine that there was any other way that he was going to be healed. And so we can fall into that trap. We can fall into the trap of thinking, well, it's going to be this way. But it might not be that way at all. And then the fourth thing is it could simply be a timing thing and that God has allowed something to go on in our lives for a period of time and through the thing that's happening, God's doing something in us that needs to be done that we might not be able to see that clearly. So these are some different possibilities for why it would appear at times that God isn't working. But here's what we need to know. He is working. He is working. Jesus saw this man. And not just when he showed up at the pool did he see the man, but God saw the man. God saw the man for the whole 38 years. But now this was the time. But here is an interesting question. Jesus asked him this question. Do you want to be made well? Now that seems like what we would call a no-brainer, right? Like, well, yes, of course. You think I like being in this condition? But believe it or not, not everyone does want to be well. Not everyone does want to be well. People will often complain about their state or condition, but when the remedy is offered, they reject it and make all kinds of excuses as to why they can't do that. This is true. Anybody who's worked with people, anybody who's spent any time counseling people realizes that there are some people that as much as they complain about their miserable state, they're somehow content to stay in it because they don't want to do anything to change it. For some, maintaining victim status is preferred to taking on the responsibilities that come with wholeness. That's a truth. So do you want to be made well? Now, Again, this story is is very interesting because this man exercises no faith. So many times, as as a matter of fact, most times, when Jesus is working and, and he's healing somebody, there's a component in the person where they're they're believing in him, they're they're trusting in him. This person doesn't even know who Jesus is. 
So again, it's just an interesting thing that here's this man in this dilemma and Jesus just heals him. And I think we have a bit of a picture here of just how God sometimes he sovereignly does things that, well, that doesn't make that much sense. I mean, after all, like this guy doesn't even believe. He doesn't even know who Jesus is. When they ask him, why are you walking, carrying your mat? He says, the guy who healed me told me to. Who is that? I don't know. He doesn't even know. So kind of a unique thing in the gospels. Here's a man who just, he does nothing. Jesus heals him. Now, some say, and I don't know that I agree with this, Cheryl. (laughs) Cheryl and other Bible commentators (laughs) believe that this guy was just like a rat. He was not thankful. And the minute he got the opportunity, he ratted Jesus out. And he, he was the one who did it. Now, honey, you're not alone in that. Because I read a number of commentators who thought the same thing. And my professor, when we were in Israel, when we were in Jerusalem, he said the same thing too. Now, I don't totally agree with that because I, for me, it's just a little bit hard to see a guy who's you know, been infirm 38 years, he's miraculously healed, and he's not thankful. But I don't know, maybe, because you know, it's interesting, Jesus finds him And he says, stop sinning. So maybe he did. Maybe he just went on and said, all right, hey, I'm better now. I'm just go back to what I was doing. And the wording here, the tenses are right. Stop sinning as though he was still sinning. So they could be right. But it's just an interesting thing to to look at the the whole picture of this person. But Let's kind of move on from him and put these questions to ourselves. Do you want to be well? Maybe the Lord is speaking that to some today. Do you want to be delivered from your distress? Do you want to have peace and joy restored? Do you want to see God working in and through your life again? Now, to this man, Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. That's what he needed to do. But to us, he might say something like, perhaps turn to me and sin no more. Again, maybe it it is some sin in our lives that's, that's preventing that ongoing work of the Spirit. But maybe it's not that. And maybe to us, the Lord would tell us to rest in him and to wait patiently for him. Has anyone ever been, of course you have, everyone, anyone ever have a trial? Anyone ever go through a difficulty? Anyone ever go through an extended time of perplexity and a time of difficulty, maybe physical infirmity, something like that, that just, it just doesn't seem to go away. Those are hard, hard things to go through. And 
What do we do when we find ourselves in those kinds of places? And it's not sin-related. It's just what it is. Well, we have to learn to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And I know in my life, this is when the Psalms has become my constant companion. Because the psalmist, whether it was David or others, they experienced these kinds of seasons. But the Lord perhaps is saying, rest and wait patiently. But what we really need to know is that God does see, even though sometimes it doesn't seem that way. Sometimes it seems like he's oblivious to what we're going through, but he's not. He might say, believe God and take steps of faith. Would you be made well? Would you be delivered? Would you be set free? Would you be filled with vision and joy and those things again, whatever the case might be. It might be, here's the way to it. Believe God and take that step of faith. By a lack of faith, we can prevent ourselves from entering into all that God has for us. Here's what we need to know. It's what Jesus said in response to those who then came against him. So the man went, verse 15, and he told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. And so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, and this is the thing I want us to see. My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. God is at work even when you don't see it. Jesus said it. God's always at his work. He hasn't stopped working. He hasn't stopped working in your life, even though you can't see it. But see, by faith, you have to lay hold of it. Okay, God is at work. I don't understand what he's doing. That is really the difficulty. Sometimes we just don't understand it. I can't tell you how many times I have uttered this sentence to God. I don't get it. It's in the tens of thousands. I don't get it. Because it doesn't make sense to me. But by faith, I have to, you have to, we all have to, at certain points, we just have to fall back on this reality. God is working and Jesus is working too. That's what's happening. God is working. Jesus is working in the world today. He's working in the lives of people all around us. He's working in our lives. The mission began 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem and is circling the globe still today. It really struck me when I was in Jerusalem. It really hit me that this is where it began 
and this is where it will end. It started here, it will finish here. It started there with the Holy Spirit coming down upon those that were gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost and them being sent forth out into the world. And for 2,000 years, the gospel has been circling the globe. And it's all going to come back to where it started. Back to Jerusalem. But God is working today. And what Jesus did for this man made him whole. He is still doing for any and all who will believe in and follow him. See, this is the battle that we have. The battle of faith is, do we believe that God is working today? I mean, sometimes we look around us and I think we're tempted to think that, God, where are you? God, why aren't you working? How come you're not doing anything to solve these problems or to you know, make things better in the lives of people we know and care about and love or in the community at large or the society in general or even more personal, Lord, my own life. But it's by faith that we will succeed by believing what Jesus said, that God is working. God is still at work. He's working today. And he will do for anyone what he did for this man as we simply put our trust in him. Now, we have, as we do weekly, we have this opportunity. The thing I love about what we're doing each Sunday with communion, I love the fact that it just, to me, it's just a moment in time to, to reconnect with the Lord. The bread that reminds us of his body that was broken, the cup that speaks of his blood that was shed for us on the cross, his death, his resurrection, all those things, it's all encapsulated in this moment. And as we, as, as we partake of this, it's just, it's a refreshing, it's a reminder. Lord, you're at work. What you did on the cross all those centuries ago, that thing you accomplished is still being accomplished in the world today. It's a time to recalibrate. And as we do that, I want us to also think about these other things that Jesus said. I'm just gonna touch on them really quickly. In the final portion where Jesus is responding to them, having said that my father is always at work and I am working too, it tells us that for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was making himself equal with God. Why? Because he is equal with God. He's God the Son. They got it. They understood it. 
liberal theologians say, oh no, Jesus never, he never said he was God. Oh, we can't believe that. Jesus was just a man, just a good guy, like, you know, like some people. Did Jesus never thought he was God? Well, his enemies sure thought that he was saying that. That is what he was saying. When he said, my father, no Jew says my father. The Jews would say our father, collectively. But no Jew would say my father, because that's indicating that you have the same nature as God. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. So think about that. Jesus is God. Verse 17. In verses 22, 28, and 29, we read that he is the judge of all. The Father has has committed all judgment into the hands of the Son. And then in verse 23, we are told that he is to be honored just as the Father is honored. Jesus is saying these things to his detractors that God has designated that he be honored just as the Father is honored. In verse 26, he has life in himself. Just as the Father has life in himself, so he is granted to the Son to have life in himself. You, me, everything else, everyone else, we're all contingent beings. We're contingent on something else. We don't have life in ourselves. We don't decide when we come into the world, we can't do anything about leaving it. We don't have that. One day life will be taken from us and it's gone because it's, it's not ours. We don't possess it. Jesus possesses life in himself. That's why the Bible calls him the prince of life or the author of life or the source of life. So as we're partaking of the bread and the cup, let's be remembering who Jesus is and let's put our problems over against who he is. And say, okay, Lord, this is who you are. This is what my problem is. I trust you. The final thing is verses 24 and 25. And let me read it. Jesus says, verily or very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not come into judgment, but has crossed over from death to life. Wow. Whoever hears my word and believes has passed, crossed over from the realm of death into the realm of life and will not come into judgment. There is no judgment For those who have believed in Jesus, you passed from death into life. That life is yours now. And this bread and this cup, they just, they solidify that. They remind us of that. That we have life because he gave his life. And we can have healing and wholeness and all of those things as well. Because that's what he came to do. For the month of May, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled 
Basic Christianity by John Stott. In our increasingly global culture, issues of social justice are frequently headlined in all the major news outlets. But one universal topic is just as frequently avoided, the universal ramifications of the unpopular subject, sin. Sin has enslaved all humanity, and the imagery of slavery appropriately captures the effects that sin has upon all of us. It destroys relationships, families, societies, and nations. Sin affects every social structure within our global culture, and the Bible only gives one hope for the abolition of the consequences of sin. And John Stott presents this hope clearly in this month's resource. If you have recognized the consequences of sin in your own life and are longing for freedom from both its grasp and its consequences, or if you know somebody who has, you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book Basic Christianity by John Stott is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of John. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.